Mm. All right, how about we flare? No. <laughs> yes. Okay. Ask me more. Question for Flair. I'm a wealth of entertainment. Daniel. Daniel Bryan. Save my ass. Soundbite. If you could pick out any WrestleMania opponent, who would it be? Daniel Bryan. Who's your dream opponent at WrestleMania? I, I honestly feel like I don't belong up here. <laughs> hey, 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 Daniel. Daniel. Hey, Daniel. Daniel. What the hell? 41 years, you can only imagine. Hey, 41 years of wrestling Brody and Blackjack, you can imagine how I feel about you being up here. <laughs> Good Lord. Jeez. Do you have great. an answer to the question? What, what would Harley have said about him? One tackle drop down. Come off low, buddy. Don't let your beard hit the ground. <laughs> Good Lord. I'll move. I'll move. Yeah, here's, here's the greatest. Kurt Henning goes, you got to hear the story. So, <laughs> I got to tell this story. It's the greatest. So, Kurt, it's, no, so, no, yeah, so, no, 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 I'll do Kurt. So, Kurt Henning's new in the business, right? And we're in Kansas City, right? And I'm the champion, right? And uh, he's working with Harley, right? And uh, I'm doing Kurt now. Hey, Mr. Race. <laughs> what do you want to do for a finish? <laughs> Harley goes, What's your finish, kid? Kurt. Uh, drop your coffee top rope. I'll, I'll move. move. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> I'll move. Kurt goes, yes, sir. <laughs> I'll move. <laughs>
167 of the Hoots Podcast. Hope you guys are having a wonderful week. We are about four days away from the G1 coming to an end and three days away from SummerSlam. Lots of wrestling to get into. Um, we'll see what else comes out of our mouths this week. Uh, hopefully you're not too easily offended these days. But um, anyways, welcome to the program, everybody. My name is Joshi. If this is your first time listening to the Who's Podcast, welcome. Um, we are a podcast that likes to have fun with professional wrestling. Uh, you're not going to see us pop a blood vessel over uh, subjective pro wrestling shows. I think uh, we have more things to expend our energy on than just whining about why this booking is good and why that booking's bad. You know, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. We have a lot to get into this week. I'm not alone. I'm with the clown prince of podcasting, the one and only Adam Daly. What's up, brother? Josh, what's up? It's been a crazy day in and out of the hospital, at work, at the hospital, now home. Um, fun day. Yeah, we tried to record this earlier for anyone uh, listening at home, but um, I kind of ran into a little snafu and had to <laughs> and yeah. take a quick trip to the to the ER. So, um, but here I am. Can't say it. I got got home from the ER, started working again, and now here I am with a, doing a podcast. So, um, <laughs> get on my level, people. Maybe I need to slow down. Maybe that's why I ended up in the, in the hospital in the first place. Don't say we're not dedicated, folks. Uh, um, really quick, uh, I just wanted to say really quick, uh, I have um, I have this funny um, clip that you guys heard in the beginning when it came to Harley Race. Uh, we got the news while we were recording the show last week that Harley passed away. And um, just seeing the video package he got on Raw this Monday was really cool. Um, by the way, our condolences go out to, um, his family and also our condolences go out to everybody that was, uh, affected by the, uh, ridiculous shootings that are going on in Dayton, Ohio and El Paso, Texas over the weekend. Our thoughts are with you guys. Um, it's just really a bad reflection of where we are as a society right now, but our thoughts are with you. So. I'm done thinking. Thoughts don't, th- thoughts aren't getting us anywhere. Thoughts aren't stopping a two a magazine that pulls two hundred fifty rounds a minute. Um, that sh- it's it's a it's a weapon of war. It should never be in any civilian hands. Um, right. Listen, you guys can have your guns. I'm not against guns. Uh, I'm against those kinds of guns. And if you're that, if you're that, first of all, if you want to blame mental health, explain to me why we have the highest rate of people. You know, and I mean, there's there is a correlation when it comes to the highest rate of people on medications, highest rate of people. You know. But at the end of the day, blame mental health, blame uh, video games, blame music, blame everything. But every other like every other country in the world has the same exact things we do. We just right. have accessibility. That's all. So I understand that everybody feels the need to own a gun because they think that the government's coming to get them or I'm going to be – Jason Bourne and stop a shooting somewhere. I think we really need to kind of like, and cause here's the sad thing, Josh, and this is all I'm going to say. I watched something about the, uh, about the shooting. I was getting nauseated. So I put on dear white people. I talked to you about this, watched the entire new season of dear white people, including the last episode of last season and uh, the, and the week's episode of Hassan Minaj last Saturday night going into Sunday morning. Yeah. And, and in my head as a joke, I was like, well, time to put the news back on and see where else got shot up. And don't you know, there was another shooting. This is, and I, I want you guys to be mad at that last statement because if that last statement cuts to the bone, it should, because it's this is normalcy now. This isn't. This is just another day in America. 
This isn't the, the, the sad part. The tragedy of this tragedy is that it's not being treated as a tragedy. Period. Right. Welcome to America, ladies and gentlemen. No. The only thing I wanted to mention with this is that I think a lot of issues lie where we can't realize the issue. We it takes that moment where you look in the mirror and try to, you finally figure out what's wrong. And I think, uh, Maybe maybe a small detail to other people, but for me, I think it would be more proactive if we spend more time reporting these threats that people put out on social media uh, than trying to dig up old tweets from celebrities. Absolutely. It could prevent something. I'm not saying it's going to solve all the issues. Um, when it comes to people defending guns and this, that, that's, uh, it's just, it's not something I want to get into right now. It's just freaking stupid. I was going to say also, let's not connect mental health with hate. There's two, yeah. two that's two totally different things. Just because you suffer from something men- mental health related does not equate hate. Right. So, listen, I, you know, and I, I don't, I've tried to wax poetic a million different ways on this. There's still people with their tiny dicks that feel like they got to have 85 guns, and I get that. Uh, you have to make up for it somehow. T-top, you know, Trans Am, that kind of situa- situation. Real thick mullet, curls at the end, feeling real slick. Right. But it's starting to get to the point that, um, you know, I don't want to hear the, well, more guns, less crime bullshit. Not in today's world, man. Today's world, we're, we're, we're snap, we're instant gratification, and unfortunately, it is gratification for people now. It's gratifying. These people want this done. That's why there's that's that's why they type up these agendas. That's why they type up these. You know, um, it just it's 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 too much for anybody to think that something doesn't have to be done. Yes. And by the way, just like guns can't pull themselves, mental health can't pull a trigger either. Let's let's not get it twisted. What happens when when a, when a child drinks too much pop? You know what you do? You dump the pop out and you don't buy it anymore, right? So right. unfortunately, because none of us ever want to grow up anymore in America. Because we're so stuck in social media, stuck in the high school mindset. Stuck. And this is good. I'm not, this goes anyone from nine to 99. We need to grow the fuck up, wake up, be responsible. This is, it's getting sloppy. It's getting reckless. And this is turning into the countries we claim to hate here. This isn't a free land. Free guns isn't, doesn't mean free. The next person that tells me they want to see cops at schools, cops in malls. So you want to live in a police state is what you're saying. All the people that, that's all they do is talk about no police state no police state now you're asking for one wow yeah there's a lot of that we could get to this obviously this could be a show in itself but i i live i live in a city that um our president or our leader likes to take hot shots at every chance he can and all his supporters but there's nothing to do anything to fix it. So <laughs> you guys are unfairly used as an example because there, you guys aren't even ranked in the top like 15, 20 in most categories. Yeah, right? I, I'm not. I'm not trying to make this out like we're the worst city in the United States. My my issue is that he likes to make threats and keeps talking trash about the city, but he does nothing for it. Hmm. You would think he would actually do something for Chicago because he has one of his stupid towers there. Oh, so, so I don't know. Anyways, let's move on. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to check out previous editions of this podcast, you can. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Play. Uh, you guys have been awesome as far as feedback is concerned. We're very grateful for Real that. awesome. Um, Adam was recently on a podcast the other night. Uh, can you give a plug to that, good brother? 
Yes, uh, I was on with the with the the good brothers, Masked Comedian X and Big Ace. Uh, check out the Masked Comedian X podcast. Uh, it's uh, it was I had a blast, man. I was glad uh, I was glad I got to plug the show. Very fortunate to to be a guest with them guys. Um, legit had a had a really had a blast with them guys. Um, they have fun on their show. I mean, we. We were having a good time. Um, so make sure you give them guys a look. Check them out. Uh, Ace has been doing this for a long time now. Mass Comedian X has been doing this for a long time now in different avenues, different, you know. Um, and they're both highly, highly intelligent guys when it comes to uh, wrestling and not, you know, kind of having uh, having a, a sensible outlook on it. So I had a boss, man. So, you know, it's it's definitely to make sure you check them guys out. Um, you can find them on Twitter, Mass Comedian X. Uh, I think Big Ace 41, I believe, is uh, Ace's handle. At least I know that's what it is on Instagram. But I'm, I'm never on Twitter, so I really don't know what people's Twitter handles are. Yeah. So, um, you know, me and you, we're not really big when it comes to needing our ego stroke or anything like that. We're just not those type of guys. Nope. Um, it is it is nice though when people do give out compliments for the show. We we put a lot of time into this show, and um, I'm very proud of the content that we've been dishing out. Over, not only this year, but the last couple of years since we started doing shows again. Mm-hmm. And it gets better as the weeks go by, and your guys' support makes it worthwhile. So, uh, if we're making a positive, um impact on you while you're listening to the podcast to this show then we've done our job right and that's that's the fun part about the show we're laid back we like to crack some jokes we don't take the stuff too seriously we have we have have fun uh obviously we're having our superstar to show aj and get a different perspective on the product and it's thanks to you guys that we keep doing the show as the weeks go by so thank you guys for the support that's I'm gonna be. Let's keep it a hundred for a second because we used to do that all the time. But I'm gonna keep yeah. it a hundred. There, there isn't any other audience that I'd walk out of a hospital, come home just to do work, just so I could do a podcast. You know, um, and you know, Josh and I were talking about it. If, if this was an off week, you know, maybe I would have skipped tonight. But I know SummerSlams this weekend. I, not you know, I know uh, I I feel very loyal and and I, I feel like I owe. I'm not gonna lie, I feel like I owe anybody that listens to us. I feel like I you know I, I always owe you guys because. Uh, you guys take time out of your day. And like I always say, there's a million things you could be doing, you know, yeah. um, the world's, you know, in the world, you know, so the world, there's, it's so full of, of crazy stuff to do. So it's, um, you know, the fact that you guys do take time out and, you know, look forward to our shows to whether, again, whether you're laughing at us or with us, um, yeah. there wasn't a chance I was missing the show today. So, uh, yeah. So where's my contract, AEW? Yeah. Sign us, pal. Damn it. <laughs> um, really Sign Roy Johnson. Yeah, yes. Uh, side RC Dupree too. Yep, exactly. <laughs> High stakes Dupree, baby, baby. Uh, by the way, Kofi Kingston got a. I know this is totally random, but I wanted to give a plug for this. Kofi Kingston has his twenty fourth special coming out after SummerSlam this Sunday. Uh, they do a great job with these documentaries, so I'm very excited to watch this one. Uh, it shows Kofi. Uh, you know, the struggles he had before he got his Kofi Mania moment to his trip in Ghana that they taped a couple months ago. So I'm, I'm very excited to watch this. And Kofi, uh, I guess we can start with this. I mean, say what you want about the WWE product or whatever, but for me personally, I think Kofi Keeks has been a tremendous WWE champion since he's won the title. Everybody was kind of concerned he was just going to have a three-month reign or whatever. But the fact for him to bring this title to WrestleMania to SummerSlam is a notch in his belt in a positive point of view. And I couldn't be happier for the guy. 
Oh yeah, it's it's fantastic. You know, everyone was kind of writing him off that he was going to be the first one to lose the title after WrestleMania. It was only a one month thing. It was only going to be a one week thing. It was going to be a couple day thing. Like you know, all the vitriol that you would see uh, in the echo chamber that is uh, wrestling Twitter. Uh, but um, you know, it's it's nice to see. You know, it's just good to see for Kofi, and I'm I'm glad that they they. I was actually talking with somebody about this today. I'm, I am glad that they revisited the you know the Orton stuff from you know years ago because they're they're taking all the internet talking points and they are they're just shoving it right back in our faces, right? Yeah. So you you know use it to your advantage, and, and I think they've done it. They've done an exceptional job at that. Um, you know, I it's going to be a great match on Sunday. I have, I have no you know um, I have no doubt about that, but. Um, it's, it's, I, I think that I don't know what people think or want sometimes, Josh, you know, it just goes back to like, you know, what truly, what do you want? And then, you know, when they go, well, I, well, I don't know. It's like, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> we, we, we hit on this last week when it comes to that, like when it comes to what people want out of the AEW television show, right? what do they want from this new uh, regime from Eric Bischoff or Paul Heyman? It's just a weekly, no, not even weekly. It's actually a daily uh, mm-hmm. attended with the I, not the E. Uh, uh, the cycle that this never ends. It's like you get what you want, and then it, it, you try to find something else to whine about that you're not getting at the same time. You know, you're not going to get everything you want out of life, and you're not going to get everything you want out of a wrestling show. No, I've learned that <laughs> from even before I started doing these type of shows six years ago. Mm-hmm. So, um. I, I always look at it as you take one wrestling show at a time and try to learn something new from it, positive or negative, you know. Right. I, I, I think I get more of appreciation for the product than most people because I take each show in stride. Yes, I am looking at it more indefinitely because I'm transcribing it, but that's not the only reason why that is. I I form my own opinions. I, I'm the only person that can speak for me. And the same thing goes for you, brother. So, um, anyways, let's move exactly. on. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I, I, with that, with what he had to deal with earlier, we're not going to have this be a super long show. Um, I do want to get uh update for everybody when it comes to the G1 because it's closing this Monday. Get it, get this, it. This month of uh nonstop transcriptions that have been going on for this uh, particular company finally ends on Monday. And I'm not saying that that I want it to be over because I've actually been enjoying this tournament a lot. I kind of expressed that last week. Uh, I know we've been having a runny joke about me throwing out the Meltzer stars and stuff like that, but uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's this is the ter- third time I've covered this tournament. It's been my favorite one so far. Um, each time I keep thinking there's been the best match of the tournament for a certain group of wrestlers. Uh, then you have a match today like Juice Robinson and Jay White that go nearly 25 minutes, you know. So, <laughs> uh, and then there's twists and turns. And this, the cool thing about the G1 Climax and how many shows are in there and how many matches that's go throughout this tour, there is a sense of unpredictability too. I, I didn't expect Hiroki Goto to beat John Moxley today. If John Moxley won his match earlier this morning, he would have won the B block. So he would have been in the finals. So he had a big loss today. And let me say this really quick about John Moxley because I don't want to forget this. Um, I, I talked about this on Twitter the other day. I want to give a little teaser of what you could see on AEW. By the way, I hope AEW uses the theme song that Moxley has in New Japan Pro Wrestling because it's really good. I just like how it fits with his character. 
what he's done with Shota Umino, having him as his man, uh, manager, young boy type of thing, I, I think it's pretty cool. Um, Wrestling-wise, it's not really different from what you saw from Dean Ambrose. And I'm not saying that as a knock. Uh, the only difference from a look-wise is just him wearing trunks, and that's fine. He, he, he has every right to change his look if he wants to. Um, just for people that are expecting him just to be all just F this, yada, 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 it's it's not that. Moxley still has his comedic side to him. I've heard the backstage interviews he's done for all the events for the tour. Um, so if you're expecting this uh, guy that's just going to – MNF every three seconds, like MGF or some of these other guys. I don't think that's really the case. But at the same time, Moxley, um, it's going to be very interesting where he goes as far as his presentation on AEW because there's so many guys you got to promote, right? And established for AEW, right, brother? So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm just saying, uh, not to um, tap the brakes or anything like that, but if you're expecting this, the, the, how you say the the um, hysteria, the uh, perception of what John Moxie was in the past? I don't know if you're going to get that at AEW. Yes, his match with Joey Janelle was insane. You may get that on pay per views, but as far as like the weekly shows and how he goes about his character, I think there's going to be a different twist with the John Moxie character. That's what I'm trying to say. So no. you're still you're still gonna get elements from Dean Ambrose that worked, but you're still also gonna get a different twist from what John Moxie was in the past. So that's what I'm trying to say. Well, I mean, and plus, even you know, everybody matures, you know, uh, with time. You, we, I don't know. Would we want uh, 2008, 2007, 2009? You know, John Moxley. I don't know. You know, I mean, you know, even like everything, music has to evolve, characters have to evolve. You know, and the same goes. Entertainers have to evolve. Um, we, we hang too much on the past and want everything to be like it was then. And like it was then isn't going to work today. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, and I think that's part of a lot of people's, uh, criticisms or, or concerns or, you know, um, that's, and, and I, my biggest thing is let's have patience with a lot of these characters, right? It's a long time. I mean, not, it isn't, but it is. We got, we got, we got weeks and we, we got about eight weeks until, uh, AEW's first televised show, right? Um, yes, there's, there, that's two full months where they can build characters, build some of the side characters, build some of the younger characters, build the, the women's division, you know, promote them, uh, still like kind of tell us their stories and, you know, I think by the time they hit TNT and, um, you know, we're and not only will we have a better kind of understanding of where all their, you know, not all, even all their characters yet, but we're going to have a better understanding of where most of their characters are, you know, most of their talent's going to be. Yeah. Um, but we're going to kind of, they'll, they'll pull the curtain back a little more too, you know? So I, I think it's just, it's a patience that, you know, Josh, we talk about it all the time. It's just almost like long, long-term booking, you know, it's, it's a lost start because, we have short term. It's it's short term short term theater. Short term attention spans now, right? I don't think anybody can consume an eight month storyline right now. It's I, really I, I agree, and I kind of wanted the Roman angle to go longer. You know, um, mm-hmm. I didn't want it to be this quick two week little wrap up thing because I finally wanted to see something that could leave us guessing for a couple months. You know, like people didn't like the whole you know who hit Stone Cold stuff after a while because they got tired of it and then this and that and never was ever, ever good enough for people because you know whatever. But I did the time. Right. Well, you know, at the same time, when you look back on it, it was pretty genius, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm okay with long-term storytelling with, with all that being, you know, all of that 
tied in once we t- you know once we start talking about uh, Raw and SmackDown. Um, you know, like I thought Raw was fantastic this week. You know, I think I was in the minority, but I, I don't know how, I, you know, um, I just, I, for whatever reason, thought like really, really enjoyed Raw this week. Um, I think that we, we were in such a hurry to get AEW to, to a certain point and WWE to a certain point and New Japan to a certain point, And this, you know, it's like nothing happens overnight, right? Like, right. listen, T-Mobile didn't become this, this mobile powerhouse. Like, and I worked for them for a long time. And when you know when I was just about to leave, that's when they were kind of turning the corner. But they were always known as just this whatever company until they started targeting the younger demographic. They became the young, hip, cool company. I had a little bit to do with that, um, and mm-hmm. we connected. Mm-hmm. It's all about connection, and it's but again, nothing happens overnight. You know what I mean? Like it's not you're not going to just hit flip a switch and all of a sudden AEW's you know you know hitting on all cylinders or, or WWE's hitting on all cylinders or you know whatever the case may be. Yeah. And us in the in the in the bubble, like Josh, you sent me that uh, that Bischoff uh, that Bischoff take on it. I think it's a really good take. Like we forget that we only make up about ten percent maybe of the wrestling fan base. We think that us as like the the hardcore like fans or you know whatever we think that we just we dominate everything, but we're only one tenth of the market share. Right. So at the end of the day, we're in the severe minority. You know, um, they're not going to cater to us as much as you know any, anybody that's listening to this thinks because they're going to get our money regardless. Right. They have to get those people that don't typically buy wrestling shirts, you know, like one year we, it was a running joke that we'd go to, we'd go to our local mall, you know, and which is a very dated statement already. Um, me being Brody Bruce. And, um, but we would go and count Austin three sixteen shirts during the holidays. One, we left the mall one day and there was over, we counted over a hundred different shirts. Well, like, and we, and listen, we spent some time there. I'm not going to lie. I was, it was, you know, you know how bad, how far back that was, but yeah, it was, it was, cra- you know, you go to go to the mall during the holidays. You guys know how it is. It's, uh, it was crazy. So, I mean, it's, but again, that's something that didn't happen overnight. You know, sometimes timing is everything and let's let things happen and play out, you know? Mm. Uh, going back to the G1, there's a four-way tie uh, for the B block. So, like, this next show on Sunday is going to be very, uh, very hectic and very busy because you got a tie with um, Moxley, Goto, Jay White. And try to remember the fourth guy that's oh Naito. Naito has uh, ten points too. So you got four guys with ten points. We'll see who wins up with the B block. I'm gonna give my final prediction because obviously the tournament will be over by the time we do the show next week. But um, there's just some really fun matches to watch this weekend that I wanted to uh, plug in just uh, for people to check out. First off, Will Osprey. Uh, against Kenton for the other day was freaking insane. If you guys wanted to see a crazy stiff match, watch that one. Uh, as far as the ones this weekend is concerned, their next show will be Saturday, and that's going to be an A-block show. Will Osprey will fight Tanahashi for the first time, so that should be a lot of fun. And the main event of that show is Okada against Kota Ibushi. That match is going to be winner takes all. So whoever wins that match will be the winner of the A-block. Sunday... You'll have Naito against Jay White, and John Moxley will wrap up his side of the tournament against Juice Robinson. 
So uh, some really big matches coming up for New Japan Pro Wrestling. I am going to do a podcast maybe two weeks after the tournament's over so I can recap my experience uh, covering it. Uh, it's just been a lot of fun. I mean, even the main event that I saw this morning, Ishii and Shingo Takagi was insane. Uh, I keep I keep finding myself repeating it. It's just the action is that good. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of different styles of wrestling too. Um, I don't think I can have a conversation with somebody in Japanese yet, but I am getting a little gist of the trash talk. So it's a process. I'm I'm getting there, and it's some funny shit too, actually. <laughs> so um, go check out the G1. Check out my transcriptions if you want. If you want to see what's going on in the standings and this and that. Uh, I shared the link to every show I've uh, covered so far. Uh, today was 16. So whatever 16 times 9 is, that's the number of wrestling matches uh, I transcribed in the past month for this show alone. Um, so uh, as far as my predictions for the end of the of the G1, I think it will be Abushi against Jay White. I really think Jay White's going to win the the... the not the G1, but I do think he's going to win that particular block that he's in. And so I, I think um, the whole story with JY just being the the, the biggest villain in all of New Japan Pro Wrestling mm-hmm. and then Kota Ibushi being the good guy, it just makes sense. So I would go with JY against Ibushi. If it's not JY, Naito will probably win the, the block. As far as the winner of the G1, I think Kota Ibushi is winning the G1 this year. So Either way, there's a lot of options at the end of the day for when it comes to this tournament. I'm having a blast with it. Uh, three more shows left to go, and I'm not surprised my fingers have fall out before all out. So, yeah, right. <laughs> arthritis by age 29. Yeah, you ain't kidding. <laughs> so that's the G1 update. I uh, hope you guys have enjoyed the G1. If you have watched the tournament, hit me up on Twitter at the Hoots Pockets and tell me which matches that you've enjoyed the most so far. So I, I'd be very interested in that. Um, let's let's move on to Raw Rick because we got to make uh, predictions soon. Um, <clears throat> I, I agree with you. I, I really enjoyed Raw this Monday. There's a lot of good stuff that happened on the show from a storyline point of view. Let's start off really quick with the – the Maria Canellis, Mike Canellis, OBGYN uh, doctors meeting. Uh, what did you think about that? Um, it was funny. It was funny. One thing that that AJ and I pointed out, it's it's hysterical that Truth is always dressed up as the chick and Carmel is always dressed up as the guy. Um, but it was it was brilliant. I thought it was brilliant how they did it. It was great comic relief. My question, Josh, is now what's the referee's son's name? Is it Daniel or is it what is it? It's not Daniel. The guy, the kid that won the tag team championship was oh, Nicholas. Nicholas, there we go. Because last week we were saying Daniel, and, and after we went off air, AJ corrected us, and it was like, oh, thanks for calling us out uh, <laughs> on the show, so we could have corrected ourselves. So Nicholas, um, I, I think he takes the title at some point during SummerSlam. Oh, really? They had him cutting a promo or something on WWE. Why not? They're giving it to everybody. It'd be a quick little comic relief thing. I think I think Carmella's going to turn on uh, Truth on Sunday. You think? Yeah. Either she's going to roll him up or Braun Strowman will get involved in this uh, 24-7 thing. So we'll see. Yeah. It, listen, the nice thing is, and I actually had another thing that I'm just going to toss out there. Because when you really think about it, anybody, this is a title that anybody could have. Um, 
when once truth gets to number 15, put it on Flair. Put it on Rick. Seriously. Just for, just for fun. And I know people are like, oh, no, think about how funny that would be. No, it no, almost seems like that's what they're building towards in a way. Like, it seems like they want truth to get it like 15 or 16 times. He's already at, what, 10? 11? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's you know messed up. Uh, Carmella put a tweet out the other day with, with her, uh, the baby doll in Our Truth, and she put the caption, Baby Daddy. And Grace, while the show's gone on, responds with a, like an eye roll. <laughs> Just that's so great. So hilarious. <laughs> that's so great. I'm trying to remember what one-liners he had this week. Man, him and him and Saxon are awesome together. Graves was on fire in his hometown. <laughs> yeah, he had a lot of one-liners. Uh, wh- which one stood out to you? I loved when he was talking about how you can go on top of Mount Washington and start screaming it loud, baby, because, you know, Mount Washington might only be a mile from me. So, uh, you know, if I was feeling better, I would have been up there uh, screaming for uh, the goddess and, and, uh, and Nikki Cross. Uh, screaming it from the top of Mount Washington, close enough, but just wasn't wasn't feeling up to it. So, uh, otherwise, you would have heard me. My favorite Graves line was um, during the uh, Viking Raiders match. There goes the guy from Coheed and Cabaria. Uh, Coheed and uh, Coheed and Cambria. <laughs> yeah, Cambria. Oh man, <laughs> looked like it. I I um I get a kick out of like how disgusted Renee Young gets once he gets excited. Like I thought we had to get like paramedics ready for him when like Mandy Rose came out during her entrance and then Alexa was right after her. I was like, <laughs> like shut up, dummy. Yeah. <laughs> Renee's doing some good stuff on commentary. I know a couple weeks ago some Nimrod was saying that WWE should stop wasting their time hiring bad announcers and. Uh, Everybody thinks the grass is always greener on the other side. Huh? <laughs> always, always run your mouth, but don't actually do the things that you're trying to rip people for. Step in somebody's shoes before you start assuming shit, please. You know what? You know what? What was beautiful about Raw to me is that because I, I don't go on dirt sheets, so I don't. You know, you you guys have figured that out by now. Um, so I let them tell the story. So I was not expecting really any of what happened to happen. You know, even down to Goldberg, just because, again, life is busy, man. I got a kid. I got a job. I got a house. I got, you know, I got shit to do. So from a week to week, I just kind of let them tell the story like we do with any other show, you know? Right. Um, so, you know, when I, I did, I popped because I thought HBK was going to be, was going to be the guy. And then Goldberg's music hit and I popped again. Then I popped for the super kick at the end, you know? It just, it felt like a total, like, like they completed the show. You know, I was kind of talking about this on, uh, talking about this on, on the Mass Comedian X uh, cast, but, um, I, I, I actually really, and I don't want to say that I do think that people are dipping way too in the dirt sheets, especially in, in today's age. Not that it's always been an, an issue, but in today's age, they are either giving away too much or giving away too much erroneous information that it's, it's always spinning the, the Twitter sphere into, into a frenzy. When, if you just step away, disconnect, I have a challenge for everyone real quick with tools album coming out and a brand new single today, by the way. Or yesterday, or whenever I think it was, yeah, I guess yesterday, um, or earlier in the week, or whatever. Whenever Tool came out, with the, whenever they launched their new their new single, yeah. but um, it's fantastic. It's whatever. It made me. It got me thinking about something. So here's my challenge. Now the Tool's on all streaming services, and you should have been listening to them all weekend. If you if you weren't, here's my challenge. Go to the para- or go to the Lateralis album. Put on a song called Reflection. Put your phone down. Turn your television off, and then just sit there. And listen to the song. Close your eyes and just let the music take you. Don't touch your phone until the end of the song, till the song's over. See if you can do it. 
It's an 11 minute song. I guarantee half of you tap out before the song's over. Not because you don't like the music, not because whatever, because you're so addicted to the phone and, and the flashing lights and the retweets and I got to find a like and what's this person saying or, oh God, what's the lyric or, oh, what are they doing here? Like, just stop. You know what I mean? I, we're, we're, we're all overcomplicating our lives and we're, and we're overcomplicating our wrestling experience too by yeah. constantly going on these search sheets, then going on a social media and then trying to find this and that. And you're always trying to find the answers before they can really even tell their questions. And everybody ends up, it, it just, it's, 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 it's junky. It's screwy. It's, it, it just, just let it happen. You know? Right. I, I want to add on to that. I, I want to, um, for you guys that are listening to the show, try, pick, pick one show, pick either takeover or SummerSlam this weekend and put this down. Put, put your shut down your laptop. You know, I can't. People are addicted. Just do it for one show. You don't have to do it for both. Just try one show, and you know, try to reflect and see how you felt about a show as you're watching it as it happened. I don't have that luxury because I'm using my phone to get the information down. So I have like a little setup when I do my transcriptions. Adam, you'll see when I'm up mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh. Yep, yep. Um, so. I, if I wasn't doing articles, I wouldn't use my phone. I wouldn't be on social media. And, and I'm just being honest. The only reason I'm on social media is to promote my work. And maybe people can say that's a bad thing or whatever. I don't want to be on social media. I really don't. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't um, help me grow personally. It doesn't do anything for me but add more stress. Uh, it, I mean, there's... There's all, the only good side of it is the people that I met along the way from Adam, from Derek, uh, the good brothers that give us us shout outs on Twitter. You guys know who you are. Uh, but at the end of the day, I don't want to be on social media. <laughs> a lot of the angst that you get out of professional wrestling stems from opinions that you don't believe. You're typing stuff out to get likes and retweets. And I just don't understand that mindset. I really don't. I don't understand how everybody can constantly complain how stressful their life is. Then your escape is arguing with people on social media. Right. Like yeah, that's not arguing, adding on your personal ar- stress. Arguing <laughs> about something that's supposed to be your hobby. Like, you know what I mean? Come on. It's ridiculous. From now on, every time I get, I order food from somewhere, I'm going to make sure that I lamb base them after I complete the meal, of course, but I'm going to tell them everything that was wrong with the meal that they cooked for me. Uh, just to make sure next time they spit in it. You know what I mean? Cause let's face it. Sometimes we're, we're opening up for certain shows to basically spit on us. Now, WWE isn't going to be able to do that much longer because you know, they're, they, you know, they're going to have some, some competition around this and that, but let's face it, Josh, we've talked about this people, you know, there was a, there was, there was a little spell there where people were hate watching. They were watching just to hate on the product, you know? Um, I, you know, don't do that. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's really that simple. Uh, you know, um, it, it goes back down to, you know, what we talked about at the beginning of the show. It comes from places of darkness enabling. It comes from people saying, no, it's okay. No, it's, no, it's not. It's not like it's take not. a couple steps back, um, compose yourself and remember that you're not in their writing. Hell, most of the people that are complaining about this have never even been backstage to a show. How would you know how one is put on? Right. Here's something that I um, I was thinking about earlier um, when it came to Raw. Um, I, we mentioned it before earlier uh, that we were going to tape earlier. Um, when I saw the um, – which vignette it was 
Uh, it was something for SummerSlam. I, I just think it's interesting. Like you, you look at where some of these performers start from the bottom, and then they're getting like major penetration distribution media opportunities. Like I saw uh, something with uh, Ricochet getting a vignette for his match with AJ Styles. That's pretty cool. If oh. you if you mentioned to me that AJ Styles and Ricochet were having the high profile matches at SummerSlam six years ago, I wouldn't believe you. Right. You know <laughs> even even four years ago, man. I it's it's super cool. I I really think that's maybe a little a little thing to somebody some to some other people, but I think it's I think it's really cool. Um, what else was I going to mention? Uh, I really enjoyed the uh, Andrade Almas Rey Mysterio match. I don't know how you could do a monkey flip code red. That's just <laughs> that's insane, man. Rey Mysterio is a legend. Uh, the four-way match was my favorite part of Raw from a wrestling point of view, the four-way women's tag team title match. Uh, shout out to all eight ladies that participated in that match. It's always nice to see Paige on our television screens. Uh, but more importantly, seeing Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, uh, which, which was a duo that a lot of people were complaining about at the beginning, and kind of similar to what it was with Cesaro and Sheamus, uh, these two just mesh well together, and um, for people that constantly go out of their soapbox complaining about Alexa Bliss, I think you need you just need to accept the fact that she's good at your job, and I don't know why that should affect you. I also think we need to stop letting live crowds dictate how we feel about a show because yes. you know Pittsburgh's crowd, Pittsburgh's crowd sucks. We're not, we're not a good city. Um, you know, we, we're really not, we're not a good, we, the, the past four or five shows I've noticed we're we're not really as vocal as we used to be. They sit on their hands way too much. And then when they decide like, Oh, well, we're not going to sit on our hands, they chant or do something that has really has nothing to do with, you know, you know, it's almost the Ziggler Rollins thing that like, I was kind of like protecting the crowd a little bit on it. Cause I was there and I kind of, you know, I'm not doing that anymore. You know, I'm, I'm really not because it's, it's just getting to the point that pits, you know, eventually they're going to stop giving us decent shows because you can't have your go home show to SummerSlam, which I thought, you know, and I, listen, I, I love the, the Joe rain segment on there. And I know that's not everybody's cup of tea, but I, I thought that it was, it was stretching the story because I was hoping the storyline was going to last a lot longer. And right. you know, when you're, when you instantly think it's Joe and then all of a sudden Joe's there and, and you know, Joe's t- and not turns on a dime, but now you look at Joe's trying to help out Roman and all this kind of, st- you know, it's there's there's something cool with that, you know. It adds to the ambiguity of like, what is every character? Are they heel? Are they face? Are they gray? Are they this? Are they like we don't? It's it's nice to see it as a universe, as like okay, now that the human element comes in, and, and what's really going on, you know? Um, yeah. I you know I, I thought that was great, I, it, but the crowd was totally dead for it. Um, I've been to shows though where stuff happens outside the building, and you know that that's going to happen sometimes. But um, during the four way, uh, the four way match, the crowd was dead. Or Channing CM Punk for some reason. Stop. Yeah. Stop. Um, it wasn't cool when you did it to AJ Lee. It's definitely not cool now when these women have no attachment to the man. Um, yeah, she gets all the titles. She gets all the title opportunities. She probably does. Yeah, it's because she deserves it. Exactly. She Thank pushes you. merch. You. <laughs> she pushes your buttons. She's good at her job. It's a, that's all there is to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you and know, she, instead, instead of complaining about Alexa Bliss, how about you get excited for Nikki actually getting the title? Whoa, it's listen, because that's the glass half full, glass half empty. We got to talk about the half empty, not the half full. Right. Uh, adding on to the Goldberg thing you mentioned earlier, I just thought it was cool for, uh, to see him 
get a genuine pop I was the too. people there. I just thought that was the best part of it. I, uh, yeah, agreed. Even after all the nonsense that went on in, um, at the uh, last Super Showdown they did, just seeing him getting that reaction, it's now it's his turn to get the redemption, just like Undertaker got his redemption at Extreme Rules. You know, uh, a lot of people said that uh, Undertaker tag team match was one of the best matches of the pay-per-view. And I, I know what Goldberg is. We all know who Goldberg is. Maybe he's not your favorite wrestler, and that's perfectly fine. I understand that. But if this is how he wants to go out, and he wants to redeem himself from his last performance, I'd Go knock your socks off. <laughs> yeah. The people in Toronto are going to eat it up. Look, mm-hmm. look, how, look how excited they were when he beat Brock Lesnar a few years ago at Survivor Series. That was in Toronto. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I get it. Uh, Dom Ziggler is just being fed to an old guy. That's the whole part of the storyline. It's mm-hmm. not something like, oh, he just randomly showed up. Oh, here's Goldberg just to beat up Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler's been talking trash about him for the last month. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I, I don't know how that doesn't uh, go with the storylines that are going on. I don't know. No, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And, and you know, like I said, I think the, the, the pleasantry that I have is that because I can forget things from week to week because there's more important things in my life, you know. Right. Um, but – I, it was a surprise. So yeah, I popped and I'm, I'm glad the crowd popped the way that they did too. I thought HBK played it off real well. Um, you know, so to have that first pop, then I kind of had that second pop to what was a pretty dead crowd most of the show, you yeah. know, and, and Josh, uh, we, we were actually talking about this. Um, my daughter got tired. She went to bed early and we realized we're only like halfway through the show. Like there wasn't much we fast forward through this week. And we typically will fast forward through, we'll get through a show in an hour and a half, maybe two hours, you know? And, and that wasn't the case this week. There was still like an hour and a half left when, when like she tapped out for the night. So it was like, okay. And then I felt bad because after she goes to bed, I'm popping for like every segment, every 15 minutes. I'm like, Oh, like, you know, I'm going crazy. But, um, but you know, I, th- I just thought, I thought it was a good show. It was a complete show. I thought it was one of the best Raws they've had in, 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 a, in a little while. The last hour I thought was one of the best hours they've had in a long time. Um, you know, and, and I, I think a lot of the criticisms, man, are, again, it's, it's people that are already going to criticize them anyway, or it's people that are going by crowd reaction. And, and listen, I, I've been to shows in Pittsburgh. I've been to a million shows in Pittsburgh. I haven't gone to a million shows in Pittsburgh. And the case is that we're just really not that great of a fan base. We're as fair weather as they come here. Talk to any Steeler fan. And you'll find out how quick that they're fair weather because they will bury players from the past that they were stroking when they were there, you know? Um, and y'all, oh, dude, it's bad. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just that, um, I think that it's just, it's a fickle town. Like we are, we're a fickle city. And, you know, I, I think that they were given a, a lot of really good surprises. It was a good show. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. And it usually these last Ross before, uh, pay-per-views can be hit or miss. And all of it is is just plot points. You already know what most of the show is. So uh, to, to have the different elements and having what went down with Roman and the car crash in the parking lot, I thought it was cool. I saw some people like, oh, great. Now they're going to make Samoa Joe a baby face. No, he's having a freaking human element to himself. Right. Just because you're a heel doesn't mean you can't be a human. Every single time, I I get it. We love we love heels. I know you're a heel guy. I'm a heel guy too. At certain points too, like always. So (laughs) (laughs) Samoa Joe wasn't buried. Like just stop with the nonsense. Um, 
Yeah, I thought it was cool. I, I did like that that break because we all know we don't necessarily even know Joe is a heel. He's just an ass kicker. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. just comes out and you know that he is he's a prize fighter slugger that's gonna that you know is gonna go out there and hurt somebody. We don't really, you know, we and and when you really look at the man that Samo, the character that Samoa Joe is, he's always standing up for what he thinks is right. Now we can always disagree with what somebody's right or wrong is, but we don't, you know, just just because he's a bad guy or what he thinks is right is typically that he plays the antagonist. That doesn't mean that what's, you know, that, that doesn't mean that he sees Roman getting, a, you know, his car get smashed into and he's going to go out there and attack him. That that's not necessarily what a heel is. Lesnar, maybe. If you're trying to big, you know, build a monster, maybe, but that's not what they're trying to do with Joe. He's a prize fighter. He's an, you know, he is a professional wrestler. I thought it was great. Right. Um, really quick before we bring H in, uh, cause we got a lot of matches to go through for SummerSlam. I think there's like 11. Yeah. Something like that. Um, I just want to really quick run down the card for the, um, matches that take over this Saturday. Uh, first off, we're having the first takeover were, uh, two, two female matches on the main takeover show, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, Candice LeRae against Io Shirai is one of them, and the title match is Shayna Baszler against Mia Yim for the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, I, I every time we get uh, and we talk about Takeover, it's like how Baszler's going to retain this time. Like she has been so good from an in-ring performer. I, I think a lot of people are tired of her being champion, and I can understand that. Uh, I'll, I'll admit the NXT main NXT brand has been hit and miss as far as the weekly shows are concerned. I've been more excited for the build for NXT UK Takeover Carter than I have for this show on Saturday. Here come the arrows, and <laughs> I know that's going to get a lot of people triggered, but I have to keep it one hundred, right? Um, Always. Uh, there's there. Are, I'm not saying there's not matches that I'm not excited for, but there's also been just like okay, here's. This and then that's that, you know. It's there's not a lot of nuance to what's going on with these feuds going on uh, on Saturday. Um, I'm very excited for uh, Velveteen Dream against Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne. That's a triple threat match for the NXT North American Championship. Always excited for the Bruiserweight, right? Uh, Pete Dunne can have his shot to win the NXT North American title for the first time. So. Um, I'm very excited to see where that goes. I guess the overlying theme of this takeover is that the Unspeed Air are going to try to do everything they can to have all of them wearing titles at the end of the show, which could be cool. Uh, Roderick could win that match, become the North American champion. The Unspeed Era, Kyle Riley and Bobby Fish could beat the Street Profits, who, by the way, been I think they've been doing a good job on Raw recently. Oh, they're great. Um they're fighting each other for the tag team titles. I'm sure that'll be a fun match. And then uh, finally, you got Adam Cole against Johnny Gargano in a two out of three falls match. But it's kind of a modified version of three stages of hell. The first uh, fall will be a street fight. The second fall will be a standard wrestling match because you got Johnny wrestling, right? If it goes to a third fall, William Regal will make the stipulation for that final uh, fall and I'm pretty sure that will happen. So yeah, I, do too. <laughs> um, I was talking about this with Adam before we came on air today. I I like Johnny Gargano as a wrestler. He's not my favorite guy in NXT, but I enjoy transcribing his matches and stuff. I need a break from Johnny Gargano from the title picture and just him main eventing these takeovers in general. 
either he goes up to 205 Live or he needs to have a new feud. Because I, I, I think this would be either the seventh or eighth takeover in a row that Gargano has made invented this <laughs> takeover thing. So I, I need a break from Johnny Gargano. And again, that's probably going to be another thing that gets people triggered. But I'm just keeping it 100, you guys. So again, people know how it is with takeovers. Even for the people who don't watch the NBC show every single week, they get excited for the energy inside these takeover events. I'm pretty sure Toronto will be a hot crowd, and I'm pretty sure everybody on Twitter will be like, oh god, the the main roster is going to be on their pins and needles. They're going to be scared uh, when it comes to SummerSlam. Like, we know how the drill is when it comes to these takeover shows, but I'll admit, man, this this particular show on Saturday has been the least excited that I've been for any of the takeovers. You know what? I actually, because I don't watch on a weekly basis, um, I'm pretty excited for it because of the things, the potential that could be right. Um, Undisputed era walking out with all the, all the championships, you know, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you know, there's that what if factor. Cause it's really about the what ifs. Like we got to stop trying to predict it and, and think that, oh, that's definitely where they're going to do, where they're going to go with this, you know, before they let us tell the story. So I just kind of think all the different ways that they could go and whatever they give us, that's, that's always, you know, what's fun for me. Um, but you know, you could have undisputed Eric walk out with all the titles. You could have, you know, Pete Dunn gets his first, you know, like, you know, NXT theoretically, like, you know, championship, even though it's, you know, North American championship, whatever. Um, you could have, you know, you could have the, the Gargano Cole thing extended out a little bit. Having Candice LeRae, uh, Io Shirai, then Mia Yim and Shayna Baszler, you know, on that card, think it's great. You know, all four women are, are fantastic athletes, fantastic competitors. I love Io Shirai. Uh, I'm, I'm a really, really big Io Shirai fan. Um, I just, I'm, I think that there's something, um, there's always something to look forward to with these. And, and for me, even, you know, like I said, I haven't watched it on a weekly basis and maybe that's a good thing. Cause then I don't, you know, I don't pick it apart like most people do because it's, I'm not given anything but the video packages they give me before the match. And they always do such a fantastic job on those video packages for, for NXT, like the, you know, the, the previews leading in the vignettes. Um, you know, I, I, I'm going to, I know I'm going to enjoy takeover, you know, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit there and be the guy that's like, okay, you know, I just want to see that if takeover is good, right. Yeah. When are they going to start with, well, AEW got something to follow, right? Because the talk, what I've seen here and there has been, you know, oh, when when this launches, NXT is going to lose my money because I'm going to be watching AEW and this and that and blah, 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 blah. So when everyone's stroking NXT, when the pay-per-view is done, because it's going to be fantastic, how, how and then in your mind is it compared to AEW? Because we always want to bury Raw on SmackDown and lift NXT up so high. So where does AEW fit in your equation then? You know, because NXT is still the minor leagues, whether you guys like it or not. Uh, yeah. So it really is. I mean, I understand it's WWE under their umbrella and blah blah blah. And I get it. I get all. I get all the arguments. But at the end it's of the day, not its own company. Right. Exact. Thank you. Exactly. Exactly. So, and that's not taking anything against the men and women that are down there. And I understand why some of the talent would would like and prefer maybe to remain in NXT. Um, but at the same time. There's still NXT is still Raw and SmackDown's little brother. Yep. We'll just see how the money goes when it comes to the Fox deal, though. Right. But it also can't be a bad thing too, because you're still getting a crap load of money from the USA Network too. So, oh yeah, you can have two big brands that are getting the same amount of attention. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see how they go about splitting the agents, like the guys who set up the matches and this right. And that. What if you get new announced teams for these shows? 
Well, know? that's a good point. Is is Graves going to be on both teams? Right. You know, um, I would. I, I, I think he would be on SmackDown. I really do. I think he's a raw guy. No, he he's their best color commentator. He's he's gonna be he's gonna be on SmackDown. And I, he's he knows how to push that edgy button a little bit, and and it just seems like on Raw they might be a little edgier, and I'm probably wrong, but I'm always wrong. Um, <laughs> so um, and I just you know I I there's so much potential coming up in, in with everybody, and that's why I just. I wish all the criticisms would stop and like, you know, let all these companies tell their stories. Cause while you guys are, everyone's arguing about what could be, should be, who isn't there, who's there, who could be there, blah, blah, blah. You know, all this, all this, all this foolishness, you guys are missing some, some great stories with every company. You know, I think even people are missing some of AEW's best moments because they're too busy. They're so, they're too busy stroking them so hard. They're missing some of the good things they're doing, you know? Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Um, they have a song from Slipknot. I don't know if you're a fan of theirs or not. Absolutely. Uh, they got a song called Unst- uh, Unstained or Unsated. Um, huh. It's the theme song for uh, TakeOver this Saturday. Um, they even had Corey Taylor in his whole gear um, have a promo. For oh, that's it. awesome. Cool. <laughs> that's awesome. So, um, speaking of Slipknot, Usually on uh, pay-per-views, I would go by my Uncle Jeremy's house and watch the pay-per-views with him. I'm not going to be able to do that this weekend because he is going to a Slipknot concert. Oh, there it <laughs> is. That same Sunday. I'm like, seriously? There it is. <laughs> he's as big of a wrestling fan as I am. And he, 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 he told me, he's like, man, I'm pissed. Why are we doing SummerSlam so early this year? <laughs> it was funny, though. Um I, I hope he has a good time. I've never seen them um, perform in person. I'm pretty sure their concerts are insane. They're nuts. I, I, I've never been in a uh, mosh pit in my life, and I'm kind of glad that I haven't. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have, and I don't have the frame for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, could still, I could throw some elbows like I did in football still, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it uh, it aged uh, almost forty. Let's just call me forty already, because let's just I'm, I'm going to own that. I'm, I'm owning forty like a boss. But at age forty, I think that you know my my moshing days are over. <laughs> <laughs> um, bro, you think it's that time? If it's that time, it's that time, man. Let's bring the superstar in. All right, Ooh. let's do it. Let me let me hit the mute real quick. I'll be right. Uh, really quick, it's uh, Adam's bringing AJ for through the eyes of a nine-year-old. Uh, just want to remind you guys: you guys can listen to the podcast every single Thursday, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast from. Tell a friend about the show. Uh, we're like, I, I think we're doing something cool here, and um, people are noticing it, and uh, we're taking this, and we're going it as the way it is. You know, we're go- we're going off the cuff. There's no script to the show. <laughs> I'm a Puerto Rican. I have dyslexia at times, and I'm okay with that. You know, I'm not. I, I know when I could be possible when I have to be this and that, or whatever. But this is a podcast. This is not a radio show. We're having fun with this shit. So correct. Correct. <laughs> I, is I mean, anything polished these days? No, not really. Even even for the people that are popular and have podcasts, there's slip ups. So. Again, this is a podcast. This is not a radio show or me being uh, wearing a three-piece suit on a news desk, you know. <laughs> it's not that type of show. So It could uh, be. <laughs> you know, 
please. <laughs> the, the the dynamics of this show wouldn't work in that format. Not with a suit, yeah. It's it's right. It's got to be a big moment to get me in a suit. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, please do the intro, good brother. Well, here we go, ladies and gentlemen, with uh, the the world's favorite wrestling segment, uh, Through the Eyes of a Nine-Year-Old, starring the superstar AJ Daly. Uh, AJ, what is going on? I am good. How are you today? Probably could be better. Had better days, but we're just going to say good, you know, just yes. for, for the sake of argument here. Yes. Um, so you've come in to talk about our, um, our, our, our SummerSlam preview. We're not going to call it predictions, really, because, you know, I'd rather not play that hand. I'm, I'm, I'm per- personally going to talk about, I'm going to preview matches, talk about things that could happen, what would be fun to see. You know, I guess fantasy book kind of deal. Just get you guys thinking, have a little fun with yes. that kind of stuff. Um, you can do predictions if you'd like, you know, however you guys want to do it. But okay. I like calling it a preview. I think it preview. sounds better, right? It doesn't sound as markish if we say preview versus predictions. Preview. There you go. Previews, yes. Um, we're, we're probably not going to be able to make predictions for every single match, but um, AJ, just to start off with this real quick, which matches are you excited for the most on Sunday? Uh, probably the Finn Bal- probably the Finn Balor and Fiend match, mm. and the and the Trish and who is it Charlotte Charlotte match. Right, I'm I'm very excited for the uh, AJ Styles Ricochet match. Also, yeah. uh, Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton. I know a lot of people are not happy with Randy Orton anymore, and I I can understand that people have Randy Orton fatigue, but. I think with their history and the build they had into this match, I think that's going to be a lot of fun, too. I, I don't know what you think about that match, Adam. Yeah, it's going to be good. Listen, Orton Orton plays his, his role good, you know? I mean, you know, Orton's the perfect example of a guy who really doesn't – I'm sure he cares what fans think, but he, he doesn't give a shit what fans think. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's not going to let a thread on Twitter ruin his day and – because he just he has more composure than that, you know? Whether, you know, people want to paint him as this, this wild card. I don't, I don't believe that. So, at the end of the day, um, I, I think it's going to be a good match. I mean, I think it's already kind of exceeded some people's expectations when it comes to promo work, what they've been talking about, tying in stuff from a couple years, you know, from, well, not even a couple years ago now, from damn near 10 years. Uh, but, you know, so that's that's one. I, I You know, I, know, I might be in the minority, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to what can happen in Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar. Um, you know, we'll get into that when we talk about the stuff. But, um, you know, that's one that I'm really looking forward to. Um, you know, I think Becky and uh, Natalia could there there could be some things happening there that, that could be fun. Yes. Um, there, you know, there's there's a couple matches on this card that we're not looking. You know, we're I, I think that you know you, we don't want any uh, we, we can't have like funny finishes in every match or the, you know, that that kind of thing. But um, there's a couple matches that if they did pull off some you know screwy finish or a run in or you know anything like that, right. it makes sense and it'd be fun. So I'm just going to kind of take it, uh, take it as they go. But I mean, there's a lot of matches on paper that, you know, if it doesn't blow people away, it's it's the potential of what could be and what they could get out of it and what they could get out of moving forward. So yeah, I'm, I'm okay with the card on Sunday. Really quick, when it comes to the kickoff show, a match I think people should check out definitely check out Drew Gulak against Oni Lorkin uh, from NXT. They're fighting for the cruiserweight title. That match is going to be a lot of fun. Um, Only Lorcan sounds like a dude that works on cars for a living. And he, he, looks, and like, and he yeah. looks like one, too. Yeah. <laughs> he has the most annoying wrestling song ever. 
Yeah. Yes, it does. And that. Which is like 35 million times yeah. with the beat. Yeah. You, you can add that to the Undisputed Era theme song, too. But I did no, it's Era's awesome. It grew on me. It's awesome. That's good elevator music. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's on my playlist. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> the version well, with Josiah Williams is even better. I talk, uh, you you got to think of, let's say like you're at the Jericho Cruise, right? Mm-hmm. And they have elevators in this big-ass boat. You, yeah. you, get, you think they have like uh, Undisputed Era theme song in the elevators as you're going <laughs> <laughs> They've got these big playlists of wrestling songs. Probably not an AEW because Adam Cole's dead. Well, that's a good point. Well, that's why they would play it because he's dead. <laughs> in honor. Well, they'd have to play his old theme song. You know, they don't know. I don't. You know, sit down and they don't know about Undisputed Era's theme. So it's you know. true. Yeah, but I mean, they still know about like Adam Cole, like the weird hand thing and stuff, right? I'm not sure. I don't think so. I, I think I, I mean, think it's. Just, I mean, there's just a weird. It's thing. just they like, should just use Britt Baker's right? music that she came out to at uh, all, all In last year, which was you know, which was uh, Cole's old music. Yes, mm-hmm. I love they that. They play that in the elevator. Yeah, they play that in the elevator. <laughs> in honor of. <laughs> I got I got to use that song on the podcast soon. I I love that ROH theme song you had. Mm-hmm. I've never heard it. Real quick, you mentioned something earlier. You think Cole would go to 205 Live instead of Raw or SmackDown? No, I said Gargano. Oh, that's right, Gargano. Live. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, brother. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, Gargano would go to 205 Live. 205 Live. You think? I mean, he was already on Raw and SmackDown. No. Yeah, but I think he would be better at 205 Live, personally. Okay. A lot of people are going to be triggered, but I'm glad that you're honest, AJ. So yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you can say it. it seems like they, they have I mean, enough Fondang- smaller guys now. Fondango went ahead and went down to NXT again. Yep. Brinzego yeah. are uh, going to be in a tag team match next week on NXT. So Yeah, it's awesome. I like that. I don't know if you would like the the team they're fighting against, the Forgotten Sons. <laughs> uh, I want to give a shout out to oh, Phil. I want to give a shout out to Phil from um, the Mighty CM podcast they do. Um, <laughs> he calls them the for, the forgettable bums. And I think uh-huh. that's kind of harsh. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, anyways, let's move on to the show real quick. Um, let's start off with uh, Becky and Natalia for the submission match. It's kind of different, you know. Uh, we rarely have submission title matches these days, so. You got two wrestlers who could live up to that point. I think this is a match that's going to get a lot of time. I'm very excited for this match. Um, I'll admit, man, uh, some aspects of Becky's character has been kind of a disconnect to me because I feel like every feud that she's had after Ronda Rousey, she looks at every opponent as if they are Ronda Rousey. Like, you beat her at WrestleMania? Get over it already. Well, I think you drove a good point because this could be the weekend Ronda Rousey comes back, right? I, I, was, I was about to ask you guys that. Would you mind Ronda coming back? Um, To me, I think it would be important. Like, I think, like, WWE might need Ronda. But at the same time, I don't know if, like, I need Ronda. Like, I don't know if I need to see Ronda on the, my television ever every Monday or every or every Tuesday. But maybe. I don't know. I want Ronda back. Um, and I think it's it's a... The reason why I say this could be a, the perfect weekend to bring her back, you know, it is because the whole story with her was Natty was training her, right? 
Natty trained her. That was the mm-hmm. whole thing, you know. Um, so now here goes Becky going after, you know, after Natalia. They're having this matchup there. Um, maybe Ronda turns on Natty. Maybe Ronda comes in after Becky already wins. You know, maybe she comes in on a Raw or SmackDown or whatever. You know, so it doesn't have. To, it's not limited to, to SummerSlam. I think. I'm trying not to cut you off. Cut me off. But I think Ronda is going to be like the ultimate bad guy where she she she, go, she goes against everybody. Yeah, she should be. Like everybody gets wiped out, basically. I agree. I agree with that. That's how, I think that's how it should be too. Josh, what yeah. do you think about that? Here's the analogy I want to make. I want to see if you guys see where I'm going with this. When it comes to Becky, like what got her really got her really like pumped up with the man character that she was anti-establishment. I kind of feel like it's now where Becky's turned into a high school environment where if you're friends with my enemy, you're the devil, you know? I just think it's weird. Well, I think she, it wasn't it, just it, she, and, and, and And again, don't get me wrong. I, we, we, me and you have been advocate for gray area characters. This, this is not a healer face thing. I just, I don't, I don't get where she's coming from now. Like her character is like one thing this week, the next, the next, you know? Because she's not, I don't think she's supposed to be anti-establishment. She's supposed to be anti-everybody. She's for herself. She's, you know, she's stone cold again, right? That's the, that's. that That's a good point because a lot of people stabbed her in the back when mm-hmm. she was going at the title. So I can understand that. Yeah. At least, I, I, I don't know. What do you think, AJ? Yeah. Yeah. She is sort of like the stone cold. You know. Right now. Even stone cold said that she's a stone cold, so. So if Stone, if Stone Cold says so, then that's the bottom line. Wow, that's a, wow! You drive home good points. <laughs> drive home hard to beat points. And that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. What? <laughs> what? Exactly. <laughs> what? Um, what? 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 Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, who you guys got in this match? Um. Well, I'm pretty excited for this match, to be honest. I want, I do want to see Becky beat Natty, of course. So, you know, it's it's. I'm I'm thinking, you know, does somebody get screwed over? Does Nat, does another member of the Hart family get screwed over in Canada? Does you know? Does uh, is this where you know the man finally loses her championship? So that you know, if people are having a disconnect, maybe maybe her character is better without a championship. You know, maybe she's better as the person that just kind of is, is a better storyline person versus, you know, because um, I, don't, I don't always think that the champion, may, you know, the, the person makes the title. But at the same time, sometimes people are better. I've always been a fan of when my when my favorites didn't have a championship because I feel like you get pigeonholed too much, you know. Um, so maybe that there's that's where the disconnect is. But um, I think this is going to be one of the more interesting matches and fallouts because of the potential of what could happen, what could happen after the fact, you know, um, so, but I, I, I think Becky probably retains, uh, but you know, I say probably because, you know, I don't know, you know, way that, where they were planning on going with everything, especially cause it does seem like they're kind of hitting somewhat of a soft reset, you know, in a way. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think it's, I, I, I'm still going to go Becky though. Yeah. I'm very curious to see if they, um, if they have like let's say like Natalia forms a group or whatever, I don't know. It's, I, I'm I'm, cur- I'm kind of curious to see where they're going to go with their character now. Is this just going to be a one-off match? Is this something that that could be multiple months? I don't know. That's like mm-hmm. let's say like Natty gets herself disqualified because she's too emotionally like she's like a hothead. She gets herself uh, disqualified. What if it's like they have the match at Clash of Champions the next month? 
and then Ronda Rousey could be like the special guest referee. Oh, I dig that. Yeah, I would dig that. Yeah. Just throwing it out there. For those listening to the show, uh, let me know. Would you mind seeing that type of match for next month if this feud continues? Well, you know what, Josh? This, this could also be a, uh, a, a no contest because it's a submission match. But if Rousey were to come down and take them both out and say, I'm the, I'm the submission specialist here, you can set up right. a three-way for the next pay-per-view. I like that idea, too. You know, so, I mean, there's, there's a, bunch, a bunch of different ways you can look at it if you kind of take – when you're not online and you're not getting all these spoilers or feeders or this or that or whatever, and you're kind of just getting like, okay, where could they go with this? You know, there are a lot of options they could go. Um, so that's, that's, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this match. All right. The next one we'll talk about here really quick is, um, Kofi Kingston against Randy Orton. Uh, I have Kofi retaining you guys, uh, agree with me or you think Randy could win this one actually? I'm going Kofi. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> it's kind. Of, it's kind of cute. I'm, the reason I'm chuckling because remember when we were talking about WrestleMania, I, I was like, "Man, AJ Styles and Randy Orton are going to steal the show, right?" And then I, I still enjoyed the match they had at WrestleMania, but everybody in the crowd was so like distracted with the the, the yellow lights in the stadium and right, stuff. Right, right, right. People were sitting on their hands. Now it's kind of different now because it's understandable too, by the way. Because during Extreme Rules, there was a light shining right in our eyes, and oh, we had yeah. headaches by the end of the night. So it's I, I'm I will give people the benefit of the doubt with that one. I, I experienced it at uh, WrestleMania 33 in yep. the dump the the dump bowl. I'm not even calling the citrus bowl. It's the it dump made me want to wear my sunglasses at night. Oh. so I can, <laughs> so I can. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for this match with Kofi and Randy Orton. I, I think Kofi stole the show at WrestleMania this year. He really did. I think a lot of people, besides the main event, everybody was talking about Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan. If this guy had the same energy with the crowd in Toronto, I wouldn't be surprised. So either way, I still think Kofi Kingston is going to retain the WWE title. Um, AJ Styles against Ricochet. What you guys got in this one? Uh, Ricochet. I'm going to hold it with AJ Styles. Gross. Gross? Gross. I think it's because he has a stalker mom haircut right now. Um, no, not but, true. <laughs> right, his is longer. His is before I decided I was going to cut a ponytail off in a ponytail. <laughs> I didn't realize how atrocious that was going to be. Um, you know, I, I think this is one where just Ricochet even being in a marquee match on SummerSlam is already a big deal, whether fans want to admit it or not. Um, it's not, this one isn't about the winner or the loss. It's just about the exposure on a huge stage. And, um, I, so I think, you know, Ricochet's already won, but just by being in this match. Um, so I, I'm going to, I'm going to keep it on styles for right now. Cause the, the OC, uh, it seems like they're, you know, they're, they're gaining some momentum right now. I like what they've been doing with them. Actually. I have um, too. I love the gals is playing with the paints again, man. Yes. yes. Love okay, it. Yep. He did that a lot when they were in New Japan. Yes, he did. Different, different um, colors of paint every single week. Okay. Um, all right, let's talk about Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor. Um, we did, I, what I liked about SmackDown this week, because I think a lot of people were like, oh, this is going to be where it's, uh, Finn's like, oh, I'm going to bring out the demon. I kind of like the fact that it's not advertised. Like, Finn could come out as a demon at the pay-per-view, you know? He can't, though. And I'm going to give you one reason why. Okay. The demon doesn't lose. Well, the reason I'm going with this, I actually think the only way you could have Finn Balor, like, turn into a bad guy and 
join the OC is if he loses as a demon because that would push him over the edge. You oh, I wasn't hearing, even going that far with it. Yeah, I didn't you, even think about that. You keep hearing people saying that he's going to take a couple months off or whatever. And I know you said you would like to see the Outspeed Era against uh, the OCS Survivor Series. I'm just throwing yeah. it out there. If, if Finn Balor's going to be a bad guy, I think it, it would make sense for him just to lose his mind if he lost as a demon. It's just an idea. I'm not. I'm not guaranteeing that's going to happen. It's just a su- uh, suggestion. So. Either way, either way, I'm really excited for this match, and I can't wait to see what the entrance for Bray Wyatt's going to be. Right, right. And you know what, Josh? I think my two cents on, on uh, using Balor as the demon, I think you hold off on it only because then you automatically have that organic feud when Finn decides to come back. Then you can make it Fiend versus Demon. You know what I mean? Like, have him lose as just the extraordinary man that does extraordinary thing or, you know, whatever that does extraordinary things. Yeah. Have him lose is just being Finn Balor. So when he does take a couple months off, when he does come back, then he's coming back as the demon, you know, and then you have demon versus fiend. That's, that's where I go. Don't don't give people too much too quick. Plus you want to keep the luster of the demon on, you know, it's almost like the undertaker at WrestleMania for how many years drove people nuts. I know, but that's something you want to keep intact for just the right time. I don't think the fiend in his debut match is who should beat. Not that it's, I don't, it's not that I think, I just don't, I don't think they'd go that route. That's all. Right. AJ, how excited for you? How excited are you for this match? I'm very excited. I can't wait to see the Fiend. It's going to be the fastest squash match in SummerSlam history. Yes. (laughs) The Fiend is going to freaking demolish Finn Balor. That's your boy too. Yeah. But I don't care because I want to see if the Fiend is good or not. I actually think that there will be no entrance for this Fiend to actually pop up during Finn Balor's entrance. You know what would be fun? I want to get both of your guys' reaction on this. What if while the Fiend was having his match, Bray was actually on the Titantron the whole time? Kind of like, you know, kind of creating almost like that illusion that they're two separate people still. Oh. Right? So that, like, you can have Bray on, like, you can almost have the Firefly Funhouse on the Titantron while the match is going on. You know, I don't know. Would people be into that? Would they not be into it? You know, I, I don't know. Because it's it's something that, that what they're doing I right now like is that, different. I feel like that, that would be good because you can easily distract the fans because you might be looking at that than the thing because you want to see what the Fiend is in because this is the first time you're really seeing the Fiend in action. Then, then you want to see what Bray might be doing on the Titron. Then you're looking that that might be distracting. And then you could easily pull something off, probably mm-hmm. down there. And then, a distraction for Finn too. Yeah, it was. It'll be a distraction for Finn. You can turn that on, it, and you don't even have to turn the lights off for anything. Which I might. I'm thinking that we're going to turn the lights off for this match. Yeah. Um. That's just a personal opinion. They're turning the lights off for this match. And then, like, that could easily distract the crowd, Finn, so that way they can do anything with the Fiend. It's almost like, you used to wrestle in the blue light all the time? Uh, Sin Cara. Yeah. (laughs) Sin Cara wrestled in blue light? Yeah. You were too young at that time. (laughs) Wow. I Uh, might have it on one of my DVDs. I'm not sure. I don't think Sin Cara is too special to be on a legendary CD. Watch Cara. How about this? A Sin Cara versus Sin Cara match. You remember that, Adam? Oh, yeah, it? unfortunately. Sin Cara versus Sin Cara. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Um, 
<laughs> is this match going to be shorter than Ultimate Warrior and Hockey Talk, man? Yeah, it, it should be. That's Realistically, I mean, I think that makes more of an impact, way, yeah. him him squashing Balor versus him squash. you know, I don't know. I, I think it does more for, for The Fiend right now, you know. Right. Um, again, because then when you bring Balor back as the demon, maybe the demon just starts popping up in the funhouse. And Bray doesn't yeah. know what to do. Bray can't control the demon now. And there's, you know, so you know, it's there's a lot of different things they could do. But yeah, I, I think this is going to be quick. Yeah. All right, uh, Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. I'm going Kevin Owens. Going Shane McMahon. I'm going with Shane McMahon too. <laughs> now here's the fun part about this. Let me throw some at you guys. All is right. this, you know, could somehow? And you know, I know I'm playing like, oh, it looks like I'm getting involved in every match. Yeah, just for fun. Let's just go with it. Um, Shane seems to be taking on the, the Vince role almost, you know, it, it, it's getting to that point where he's kind of becoming Vince 2.0, right? Um, why couldn't a where Stephanie, you know, because right now we only have one McMahon kind of in like a, you know, best in the world kind of situation, not playing by the rules really at all. Um, when you go with Ross Smackdown on two different networks, you want them to feel like they're competition with, with each other, not only with other companies. So is this where you can come in? Like triple H can maybe come in and, and protect his investment in Kevin Owens. Could Stephanie come out? Could other people come out? You know what I mean? Who could, yeah. who all could get involved in this match? I think there's a lot of different ways they could go with this too. Um, so, but I'm actually going with Shane. Yeah, I, I was I was about to say the same thing, and it's WWE. Nobody's actually really fired, right? Uh, so <laughs> Kevin Owens could quit, but he'll be back before you know it. Yeah. They'll find a way. I mean, uh, they were like, "Oh, last year, I remember this last year." Like Undertaker versus Triple H for the last time, and then. Like three weeks later, they had the DX Brothers of Destruction match. Right. <laughs> don't 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 be like don't treat it like sports where you take everything by the word. This is right. this is entertainment. This is not sports. So. Right. Yeah. Very true. Um. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Shane McMahon. Um. All right. Let's let's go on to the next one really quick. Um. Is there anything that I'm missing that I haven't mentioned yet? Um. Lesnar Rollins. We talked about Natty and Becky. Yep. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious. Charlotte and Trish is going to go to Charlotte. Uh, Trish did say, I did want to mention this, that this will be her last match. So um, it's pretty cool. Uh, she gets to go out in her hometown again. So um, That's awesome. Let's not trust that, though. That might not be her last match. Mm. HBK also said one time that it was going to be his last match, and then he had another match. And then he said that was going to be his last match. Then he had another freaking match. (laughs) Well, when you keep finding your smile, you got to come back. Well, I know. And then Trish also (laughs) said years ago that was going to be her last match. Then she came back for Evolution, and that was going to be her last Mm. match. AJ, you got me. That's a very valid point. (laughs) You got me. Um, all right, let's talk about Lesnar Rollins. Um, let's hear from AJ first. Um, are you first off? Are you excited for this match? And B, who do you have winning this match? Um, I want Seth to win. I think Brock is gonna win, but I know Heyman is gonna be doing something. There's gonna be shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah. So I have three things. I want Seth to win. I know. Or I think that Brock is going to win, but I know that Paul Heyman will be doing something. Yeah, he'll be he'll be the X factor in this match. I think. Yes. Yes. 
WWE put a video up earlier today, like superstars reflecting when Brock Lesnar like squashed John Cena. Yeah. A few years ago at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not getting that vibe with this match. No. Like I, I get it. Brock is like demolished the dude for two weeks in a row. I'm kind of surprised they haven't made this a hardcore match with the number of times Brock uses steel chair on the dude. You know, <laughs> so um, I, I just don't get that vibe. I. What was really cool about WrestleMania this year, and I know a lot of people weren't excited for that match when it got into that WrestleMania feud, but they started off the pay-per-view. Remember, Adam? They started off with that match and shocked yeah. everybody. Yeah. And then brought the, changed his mind about UFC, and then much to my chagrin, he came back and he's the champion again, right? So <laughs> um, now here, here we are at SummerSlam and he's the champion. I... I really think Seth Rollins is going to win and shock people. No, if, he, I, I, if, if Rollins is going to be one of the main stars, like take it seriously as one of the main stars, he just has to beat the guy straight up this time. I don't think it's going to be straight up. Um, I and I, okay, so I'll, whatever. I'll I'll go this route. All right. I think it just seems over the past couple weeks that there's been. I don't want to say a change in Paul Heyman, but even his promo, it sounded like he was advocating more for Seth Rollins than he was for for Brock Lesnar. You know, uh, he's got more balls than brains. He's got this, that, you know, it's, it's whatever. <laughs> um, I mean, hey, he said it, not me. But um, <laughs> well, it doesn't. Well, now you sound like Brock the yeah. one year he said, it, not me. Yeah, well, you know, um, it's just something stupid, Paul. So, um, <laughs> no, but I think I, I think that you know that true. We always get that one shocking SummerSlam moment every year, yes. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I think there would be something interesting about this because, you know, they already addressed that Heyman is somewhat involved backstage on, on TV. Um, the past couple of weeks too, if you just look at Heyman and Lesnar, they just don't seem like they're totally on the same page. And with, with the, the promo that Rollins cut where he's like, he's got to make it there. It's all like, it's all I have. It's all of this. You know, what if a deal was made, you know, storyline wise, of course, but, um, between Seth Rollins and, and, uh, and Paul Heyman, listen, if you, if you get the SummerSlam, I'll make sure that you win. Because I have to protect that title because now, you know, I have to not only protect the title but protect my investments because I can't control Brock Lesnar anymore and I have to control my environment, which would be Monday Night Raw, correct? So, and he needs, you would think he would want the title to be on Monday Night Raw. He would need that championship to be on Raw. So, if there were ever a time, this is the best you know, and I, I maybe, and I did, I jumped the gun a month too early. You know, I said it was going to happen last month. I'm sticking with my, I'm sticking with my guns. Um, because I think you'll, you'll get more out of it at SummerSlam. I was, I, and that was me trying to rush things. Um, but I, I do, I just, I get a, a different feeling out of this that, um, and just like where, where Rollins said, like, I guarantee it, it sounds a lot like Heyman saying, this isn't a spoiler. This is a, or this isn't a prediction. This is a spoiler. Yeah. You know? Um, I, I thought I thought Bully Ray made a really good point when it came to this. When the good guy says that he's making a promise, you got to deliver. Yeah, one way or another, right? So if but, they keep Seth right. a good guy, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. I what? think Seth is going to be doing a heel turn soon. It's not a bad idea, actually. Yep. Um, wasn't Bret Hart really big when it came to like promises and guarantees? Like what, like when he, when the screw job happened, I was three years old, so I didn't get to 
like really take in how he was as a champion during that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that was also the time you stopped watching for a couple of years. No, I was no, I was in it. Well, yeah, I was totally in it during that. I was zero, so it was way before you really yes. thought. Yeah, of you're negative fifty. Yes. It was, yeah, it was. It was I was yeah. zero. That was way back in the 1900s, kid. Okay, the 1900s wasn't that long ago, kid. <laughs> it was 20 years ago, kiddo. I guess would have been 22 years ago. Hey, don't don't say that to Jonathan Abram. He'll be upset if you call him a young boy. <laughs> yeah, right. That dude needs to settle down. I'm already getting. I'm not already not getting a good feeling about him, kiddo. Kiddo. <laughs> no, kid is one thing. Kiddo is a term of endearment. Kid. Is yeah. Rook was was that the thing he was getting upset about? Rook, yeah, right. Jeez, the label <laughs> says rookie, but you know. All right, man, that's uh, pretty much it for SummerSlam predictions. We uh, kind of went through this really quickly, actually. We did. Um, yeah, AJ, was there anything else you wanted to mention before we end this segment this week? We didn't really get to talk about Rowan taking out Roman. Turn that turn that M Ooh. upside down. Yeah, mm. yeah. No one else is having fun with that. Roman and Rowan, come on. Fun. <laughs> uh, do Do we have any info on the T shirt he was wearing? I knew it was a new band. No, no. we didn't check it because because I was getting ready for the. We were trying to muscle through it as quick as we could because I was getting ready for Mass Comedian X cast, and uh, we yeah. kind of yeah got, I think caught the gist of the end, but didn't really catch the end. You know? Yeah, what I, mean? I think we. I missed it. You did. You actually. Yeah, you did miss it. Because I think I was going to the bathroom. You were. You were. Now, regard the world knows about that. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't mean to, but hey. Hey, man. Uh, anything else you want to mention, AJ? Um, so, last thing I wanted to mention, as much as I do want to talk about the the thing with Rowan and Roman, I do want to say, please, please tune in to NXT Takeover this Saturday. I I think it's going to be you very wrestling. You got a match or something? I... No, I'm running. <laughs> no, no. Um, I'm just going to say that I'm very excited for it. Especially the match with Shanna Baszler and Mia Yim, I am excited for. So please tune in at least for that, guys. And thank you so very much. Love some Mia Yim. Yes. Uh, bye. There we go. There we go. There you have it. Through the eyes of the world. By the way, Brett Carter, I know you listened to the show. You've been slipping, my man. You've been, been slipping. slipping? Man. He was born slippy. I mean, Kane has more credibility now as the director of operations at this Somebody's time. Somebody's going to get my born slippy reference out there, goddammit. <laughs> um, Brother Carter, man, where, where's the thoughts of doo-doo? Where's exactly where they belong, in the toilet. They got canceled. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I wonder if he comes up with a new song when he does the segment again. <laughs> I think he's still hiding from police, right? Didn't he take out a couple people in Canada? <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> I've seen he got an office. It looks like a kill room. Oh, stop. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, before we head out uh, for the show, we do have to talk about Hard Knocks. Um, yes. Raiders back in action. They're the feature team for Hard Knocks this season. By the way, I think it's cool they're uploading the episodes on their YouTube channel. So, awesome. Really quick shout out to the Raiders for that. Um 
I don't know if it was scripted or not, that opening part where uh, Gruden was like, I'm into fucking nightmares. This is not the peach cobbler ball or whatever he was saying. I think that's Gruden, man. I, if, if that's Gruden, man, man, <laughs> that dude is freaking insane. He's not. <laughs> he is insane, man. Chucky is out of his gourd. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about uh, AB's feet. That's not a good sign because you kind of need your feet. Um, it's, it's a pretty important part of football, um, American football, you know, well, any football, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting a good, after that first episode of hard knocks, I'll admit, I'm not feeling as confident in my Raiders because it just seems like people got their clown shoes on and, and they're not football focused, but neither here nor there. Next week, their episode, they're having a joint practice with the LA Rams for their, um, uh, preseason game. Uh, yeah, that's going on right now. It's oh, it's tonight. No, uh, the show's next week. But they're they're tape or uh, they've been practicing all week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Before you know, I think maybe at the end of the month we'll probably make our predictions for football. Um, already, well, the Raiders are going to go eight and eight and not make playoffs. There, just like that. There we go. It's it's, it's simple. <laughs> it's simple with the Raiders. Um, if AB doesn't play a full season, we're going six and ten. Yeah. Um, All right, Josh, let me ask you a question. Go ahead, brother. So I've been talking about enough. How much tool did you listen to on streaming services over the weekend? I listened to none. See, I can what? tell by your, your the pause. It's none. Instant. No, be quiet. <laughs> I listened to an hour and a half of tool while doing paperwork last Friday, and it was a lot of fun. I. Have- I- it's like I'm listening to these songs for the first time all over again. It's been great. I've listened to so much Tool this past week. And looking and listen, Josh, remember last week when I was like, hey, people are going to be mad when they're at the top of the charts with everything? They had five, five albums in the top eight on iTunes at one point this week. So um, right. I'm sure all of you are going to be sick of Tool by the end of this month. But um, now, and I'm using Google Play's stats on there, but Google Play's stats. I'm going to go, I'm going to talk most overrated tool song, most underrated tool song. And I'm judging by where it was all ranked most over and listen, I love every tool song, but I think Tixton leeches is overrated and flood is severely underrated. It's like the least listened to song on Google play. That song's amazing. What's wrong with you people that what's wrong with these people, Josh is they listen to Maynard, but they can't hear Maynard. They listen to Adam Jones, but they can't hear Adam Jones. They listen to Justin Chancellor, but they cannot hear Justin Chancellor. And, man, you can't help but hear Danny Carey. You're listening to Danny Carey, but do you hear Danny Carey? See, I don't, people don't hear Tool. They, they, no. they think they listen to Tool, but they don't. They, they don't even hear Tool, man. I hear Tool. Fear Inoculum got, 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 the, got the itch in me again. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's only Tool. It's life, too. They don't hear or read. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, on that note, uh, we're gonna let Adam uh, cool off and uh, re- uh, refigure himself. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a long day, and I gotta be up to go to the office very early. So it's uh, I've, I've meetings all weekend, and uh, along with all this stuff, and you know, I, I was a little unexpected hospital trip today for myself. So I'm uh, need some rest. <laughs> By the way, quick shout out to Streamyard. Uh, as you see in the logo of this video, um, 
I'm really bummed out that Google Hangouts are away because that's been like the easiest way for me to get the audio and upload it quickly on the podcast. But I'm glad that we're able to do this for the first time. And yep. uh, no issues, no technical issues. Do you hear me? I hear you. Big and, shout out to Ace and, and Mass Comedian X for, for recommending StreamYard to us. Mm-hmm. Go check out their show, by the way. It's very, very good. Yeah, yeah. Please do, guys. They're they're awesome, and they're and they're two guys that really they really have fun with the business, and and it's they're they're really good. And you know, Ace does another podcast with Wes Briscoe too. It's uh, it's the Briscoe and Big Ace show. Um, make sure you guys are checking that out too. I mean, it, that's a hell of a lot of fun to listen to too. Yes. Also, go uh, support the good brother Nick G Kobe. This Nick Nick is about to have his associate's degree in uh, broadcasting soon. Already, it's so, like he's growing up in, right in front of our eyes. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good brother that busts his ass, man. I'm very happy for him. I remember talking about broadcasting with his dad because I met him and his dad in Orlando. I uh, one of the few good people I actually met in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another story for another time. But <laughs> um, oh, yeah. God damn, pal. Um, yeah, I'm I'm very happy for him because this is something that he's he's wanted to do his entire life. So. Uh, he he he'll do a good job, so I'm very proud of him. It's always good to follow your dreams, man. Yes, sir. Uh, by the way, give a shout out to Rick AJ again. Great job as always. Uh, thank you guys so much for uh, supporting the podcast. This will be available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the preseason football for your football teams. Um, and that's pretty much it um, for the conference. I'm Joshy. Thank you guys so much for checking out episode 167 of the Hoots Podcast, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.